0: But that's kind of what's happened now is the buyer out there is like, what the hell? And the business owners out there are like, what the hell? I'm a man or woman of integrity, I really care. But all these business strategies doesn't feel good because it's kind of that manipulation crap. And so that's really where we're doing it. And that's really the key because when somebody is suffering in silence, it's usually for several reasons. They're using strategies that don't work, strategies that are incongruent with the higher good, And the fact that that without proper mentorship, they're in trouble because it's in the application is where, where the rubber meets the road.
1: Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast of Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Balu, And boy, do we have an incredible guest lined up for you today. This is our most popular guest ever. He's back for a record sixth time on the show. He is... My friend, my mentor, my brother from another mother, he has helped well over 100 thought leaders and prospective thought leaders achieve the seven-figure-a-year mark. He's worked with some of the world's most iconic names, including currently with the one and only Russ Ruffino of the legendary program Clients on Demand. And Mark has helped create over $200 million in sales for these Thought leaders. I am speaking, of course, of the one, the only, the legendary Mark Von Muser.
0: Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Nikki. I'm excited to be here. We're going to have some fun.
1: Awesome. So, Mark, longtime listeners of the show know your backstory, they know who you are. So, with most people, the first thing I do is I say, hey, tell us your backstory. But people who listen to the show, they've heard your backstory. But I know right now, Mark, you're really passionate about finding those thousand warriors and warrioresses of light to help shift and transform the world. And you've got some very definite ideas about what it takes for people to be able to step up and be counted as one of those. Why don't you just get started right into that discussion?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's actually 10,000 now. We've already done the thousand and several thousand, but we wanna go ahead and transform 10,000 heart-driven warriors and goddesses and help them bring their business and their mission to the world.
1: I stand corrected.
0: And, yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah, we've raised it a while, you know, and it's like it's exciting because the the thing about it is I firmly believe that that the human person, the humanity has evolved um, I speak for myself. I speak for the clients we serve. I speak for the people that you guys have been serving, Nikki. And what, what it comes down to is we're tired of being sold. We're tired of being lectured. We're tired of people overpromising and underdelivering. We're tired of the sales pitch. And what we really want are experts and people that will walk us through, that will be there with us and to help us. And so what's happening is we're noticing a shift where the companies that are embracing this philosophy are going supersonic. And the ones that are still clinging to the always be closing, and if they can fog a mirror, get the credit card, and all that kind of old school used car you know, stuff, the buyer's just kind of done with it. It's just like, it just doesn't feel good. It feels slimy. We've all been there on the buyer's side where we buy something hoping it's going to work, and then you find out your car's a lemon, and it's been sold twice, and it wasn't true. Or I remember when I bought my house, And they lied to me and told me it had copper plumbing. And then all of a sudden it wasn't, it was polybutylene, which is plastic and it broke and it was brittle, flooded my house. My house was raining. And the whole time they knew it was a lie, but oh boy, they were successful. And oh boy. And the next thing you know, it got to a point where I was just like over and over again, talking with tens of thousands of buyers. They all were saying the same thing. Could we just have an honest conversation and could I just get one person or a contractor to actually show up and do what they say they're going to do? So that's really what we started to hone in and refine and figure out how to articulate it and help get that across. And it's been absolutely transformational in every company we've instilled it in. And we're talking about thousands of companies. So it's a whole lot of fun.
1: You, you know, Mark, that every time I hear that, it just makes my heart beat faster a little bit because... I know that by what you're doing, you're helping make the world a better place. And and the world is, it, in so many ways, things are, are, are better than they've ever been. But in so many ways, there's more people hurting than ever. This yeah. so-called technologically connected society of ours, it, actually has so many people feeling lonely and suffering in silence. And that's why you're so passionate about helping make this possible for so many people. And my listener who's listening to this show, they're wondering if they can be one of those warriors and warrioresses of light, heart-driven people that want to make the biggest difference in the world. They're wondering if it's possible for them to stand up and be counted.
0: What's your answer to that? You're, you're a thousand percent correct. And you said it very much. They're suffer, suffering in silence because here's what we noticed is that let's say you are a heart-driven entrepreneur. Let's say you really do believe and you really do care about your clients. Um, and all of a sudden you go out into the sales training that's out there and it just feels icky and you try it and it just feels even worse. Then secondly, It's like you decide, you know what? I'm gonna go spend a ton of money on on magazine ads. And that's what I need to do because that's what they've always done. And you do that and the sales guy tells you it's gonna work and it doesn't. Now, all of a sudden, you've got thousands of dollars and no clients. So you keep trying, you keep trying. And day by day, you start losing energy. You start losing hope. And what's frustrating is it's like at the core, you really do care. And there's nothing more frustrating than when you're doing it. And I remember when I read... Think and Grow Rich and a bunch of the books um, at the turn of the century, they had a really big renaissance on thought. And they were all saying a lot of the same thing. And when I originally read it, it sounded like a bunch of goody two-shoe hogwash. Yeah, because I know what you mean. The- Yeah. In the business world, I remember reading Think and Grow Rich or so many of those different older books that works by RHJ or Magnificent Obsession and some of the old, old experts. And I'd hear it and then I'd go out in the business world and I'd look at what was working and it was not that. What was working in the business world were the people that were ruthless, that would fire their whole team and get new people because they could get them cheaper. Or they'd screw people out of their commissions. Or I saw them like promise one thing to get people through the door and then they wouldn't deliver. And then they would just, they would actually calculate what the litigation fee would be. And they'd still sell the thing anyway, because they knew the lawsuits were less than, than the lost sales. Oh my God. And I noticed and then it's again, you see in Wall Street and not not knocking all of Wall Street, but um, they've certainly earned their reputation. And it's like, you know, you look at the the real estate collapse and The Big Short was a great movie and it was just the tip of the iceberg. They knew they were creating a house of cards, but it didn't matter. What they didn't recognize was every single house was somebody's home. And when the banks were playing, you know, doing that, the banks made trillions and then they got bailed out. And I remember when they spent something like $800 million to save them, and then it turned out to be later, it was over like $1.5 billion. But when they did that, and then they did an audit, they found six families had been helped. So where did the other $1.5 billion go? I remember seeing a study that showed that if they had given, paid off every mortgage of somebody that was in default, they could have saved and, and eliminated the real estate collapse. But that's kind of what's happened now is the buyer out there is like, what the hell? And the business owners out there are like, what the hell? I'm a man or woman of integrity. I really care. But all these business strategies doesn't feel good because it's kind of that manipulation crap. And so that's really where we're doing it. And that's really the key because when somebody is suffering in silence, it's usually for several reasons. They're using strategies that don't work, strategies that are incongruent with the higher good and the fact that that without proper mentorship, they're in trouble because it's in the application is where where the rubber meets the road. But Nikki, I I love that quote that you said. It's, you know, that they're unfortunately, these good people are suffering in silence. And I know it's that what excites you the most is breaking these people free from that suffering and helping them become wealthy, doing what they're supposed to.
1: You know, Mark, there's a powerful quote by Henry David Thoreau And he said that most people go through life leading lives of quiet desperation. Remember that quote? And I feel that this applies to so many people. I was listening to a podcast today with Pastor Joel Osteen, right? Mm -hmm. He's an amazing man. And he was talking about how it's my job, your job, everyone's job to be the miracle in someone else's life. He told the story of the Good Samaritan in the Bible, where where, you know there was a man he'd been beaten up by some brigands and left left to die by the side of the road. And one fella drove by, uh, rode by with his donkey and said, "Oh my God, that's terrible! I hope God sends someone to help him." And then he went on his merry way. Second guy got off his donkey at least to check on him. He says, "Oh my God, that's terrible! I hope someone can help him." The third guy was the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan got off his donkey, picked up the guy, put him on his donkey. He walked, took him to the nearest inn to save his life. And mm-hmm. you need to be, and I need to be that miracle in someone's life. That's yeah. our job. That's why we're here. The people who listen to this podcast, that's how they're wired. They've got a heart yeah. to make a difference. And if you're, what, what is it that you say all the time, Mark? Your biggest competitive advantage is how much you care about your fellow man and woman. Is, isn't that yeah. really what it what it's all
0: about? It really is, and that was admonished. I remember in the business world. I mean, I know you have an MBA, Nikki. So do I. And then it was like I remember it was like they really reward ruthlessness and hard work. And there's nothing wrong with hard work, but it's not the it's not the magic. The magic comes from how much you care. And what they really focus on is just the bottom line but the you know it's like it's a numbers game and and i i firmly believe that's not true i believe it's a human game a human interaction and it's like when we move into that space there's a new energy that's created and there's a new new juice that goes through and it doesn't mean that the data is not important it doesn't mean that the you know all the stuff you learned in an mba is not important because it is but everyone that has an mba if that was the magic would be a multimillionaire so why aren't they because that's like one key piece of it. The magic, however, will flow from how many people you can serve, how many people you can help. And what would the world of business and the world look like if people started with that foundational truth?
1: Very true. Very, very true. And the world would be a better place. More people would feel like joyous to be alive they wouldn't be suffering in silence anymore you know (laughs) suffering they say pain pain you got to feel but suffering is optional and and the reason they say that is because you know what suffering can be a state of mind but if you're by yourself if you're alone and that's one of the key things we talk about isn't it mark don't do it alone you got to be part of a great peer group you got to be part of a situation where the people that are there with you give a good gosh darn about you and other people
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's, we're going to break down what it really takes to be successful right now. And and again, it's going to require some new strategies and some upgrades. Very similar, Nikki. Let's think about it in terms of of software. And I don't even know what kind of iPhone I have, but what is it? It's like an iPhone X. You might know. It's like the top one. What's the latest, newest one? the XS,
1: X- brother, that's what my kids got. I, I, I'm still old school with the iPhone 6, so. <laughs>
0: well, I actually prefer those, but it's the same thing with your software, with your, you know, your hardware is, is you know, RAM and, and ROM and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, imagine those first computers, the Commodore 64, the IBM XT, you know, those old ones. Well, that had a certain amount of frame that would allow you to run specific software. And then they change the hardware, which means then you have to change what? The software. And it's like the software that worked on those old Commodore 64s does not work on today's computer. And so those are some of the things that we're looking at. And what's happened is you need to think about buyers the same way. The strategies that needs to be upgraded, just like you upgrade your software every year. or two. If you don't, it starts glitching. It stops working. And you're going to bring to the new conversation outdated data and outdated strategies that don't work today. And it's just like, you know, it's amazing because everybody gets it in a computer context, but when it comes time to sales strategies, enrollment strategies, service strategies, people are still in the stone ages. They're not even using a Commodore 64. They're using a tablet and, and chalk. And it's like the, the sales techniques and the strategies are still predominantly the old school way, which is was developed by the, the brush companies and the door-to-door salespeople in the insurance industry. And what those people had was unlimited data and unlimited people to cold call door knock because there was not a million people a day hitting them up for money. They didn't compete with, they didn't compete with the internet. They didn't have text ads popping up on their phones. They did not have, you know, telemarketers hitting them up, um, you know, 10 times a day, 20 times a day. In the old days, there were no telemarketers. In the old days, there was only one person a month coming to your house. Now we have cameras and we have all these things to defend against these guys. And we have strategies, you know, that is we're not going to buy. But the sales strategies never were upgraded. The mindset strategies were never upgraded. And those are some of the things that we're looking at. And it's a big part of what it's going to take to succeed today. Now, the good news is that the belief systems that we're talking about, The upgrade's about moving more authentically, moving into a truth, moving into less selling and more serving. As we move into those, you're going to find more and more success with less effort. That's just the bottom line because everyone else is still trying to close. Everyone else is still trying to slam them into a deal. They celebrate their numbers. And we're finding that when you celebrate serving the client and getting them amazing outcomes, you're going to get your outcomes made. And may he rest in peace but one of my very first mentors was a guy by the name of Zig Ziglar and great zig man. was a great yeah great great guy and i used to call his office every week just to go ahead and get juiced cuz he was so much energy and i hadn't quite understood energy at the point but he would always answer the phone and he would answer like it's always a great day it was zig ziglar how can i help you and he had that southern accent and it was awesome i just felt good every time i heard him talk and he talked about and he's absolutely correct. And it sounded like goody two-shoe hogwash, which was you can have everything you want. If you help enough, other people get what they want. And it was like, damn, if he wasn't right. And it's like, you know, what would happen if we start doing that? So it's like, okay, game on. So that's really a big part of what we want to start looking is change the conversation. So I want to reach out to everyone who's listening to this. If you're kind of frustrated with the Old school business strategies, the old school marketing strategies that are expensive, don't work, don't feel good. If you don't like the breakthrough calls, you don't like doing sales calls, you don't, you want to avoid it. You want to try and automate it because you're tired of it. And you've met with disappointment. And the bottom line is you're looking at your bank account or your business and it's it's missing a bunch of zeroes. And if that's the case, then you're going to love the strategies and the shifts that we're talking about, because right now is a very huge opportunity for people that want to take the next step and dominate their market share. They really can't. We're seeing it with thousands of businesses in the most crazy niches you can imagine. And it works. We have yet to find an industry where it has not worked and worked big. So that's what I want to break down with these guys.
1: You know, Mark, it, it, it's, it's very true. Everything you're saying is 100% bang. I interviewed Zig Ziglar's son, actually. His, uh, his episode's going to be coming out. His name's Tom. Really, really cool guy. And uh, what's cool it, about Zig and his philosophy and your philosophy really is it's centered on helping other people. It's not centered on, yeah. let me get my commission. What's that beautiful phrase you use, Mark?
0: Commission breath? Yeah, commission breath. And th- that's created because people that are selling, they've got dreams and they've got bills too. And they're under pressure because they're treated like cattle. They're told if you ain't closing, you're gone. And so it's like always be closing. So they have pressure on that side. They have dreams on that side. And you to them are just a commission check. And so they show up with commission breath and it's a frequency. And you, we've all felt it. We've all felt where the people are nice right up until they don't think they're going to get a sale and then they snap and then you find out who they are. And it's like, oh, that doesn't feel good. And so you do that a few times, a few 20 times, a hundred times. And pretty soon as a buyer, you're not going to trust anymore. And that's exactly what happens. But yeah, commission breath is a real thing.
1: It is a real thing. It's it's kind of funny, but it's also a little bit sad, right? As you said, the people that are under pressure, they need to sell, you know, and then it becomes a part of their, their makeup, a part of their DNA. And, and, yep. and, and we have people that are listening to the show who are thinking, okay, well, that's not me. I don't have commission breath. I'm actually afraid of selling. I don't think I'm good at it. Or mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy or gal with commission breath. So you know what? I'm, I'm going to try and find another way to do this. The problem is that doesn't work either. Because if you look at sales as being something that's bad and wrong and evil, then you're not going to do what you need to do. And unfortunately, like it or not, you have to sell. Nothing happens until a sale happens. A sale is the lifeblood of any business, of any practice. You must be ready to sell, but the way to look at selling is to look at it as serving, is to look at it as an act of love. Can you just expand on that, Mark, and and why that really works, why that's had these non-sales seller types be so successful in your experience?
0: Yeah. And this comes after training thousands of different people in countless industries. And, And there's a big difference between one of the reasons why is that the difference between a sales professional and a con man is the word belief. A con man doesn't care. He's going to say, do whatever he needs to do. So he gets a sale and he gets his. And they've made movies about that on famous people on Wall Street. They've made movies about that. And that, we all know how that one ends up. And it doesn't feel good for anybody. And that's the that's the con men. And, and some of them have even gone to jail. Most of them kind of bypass it because it's kind of, they just jump from ship to ship. Now, the second type is a professional. A professional is somebody that believes in what they're worth selling. And they believe in it to a point like you did where they know who it's for and who it's not for. And the problem is some of those professionals are trapped in a structure and an expectation and a training system, which does not give the space for to find out whether it's good for you or not. Overwhelmingly in the sales industry, they teach if they have if they can fog a mirror, you make an offer. We're going to quote Wayne Gretzky. You're going to miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So what happens is, they focus on getting sales versus enrolling the ideal clients. There's a big difference here. It's like they don't even care. And I've heard some very famous people in the back of the room when everyone else was up there laughing about how, oh man, that lady wanted to cancel and I slammed her for two other programs and made 20 grand. Ha ha ha, you're a closer. And they celebrated that horrible behavior. And that's the, what I'm talking about. That is not what we believe it should be. What it should be is figure out what does that wonderful woman need? How do I best solve her problem? Is she committed to solving the problem? So the transition into selling is really a form of love, really comes from the fact of it's a form of service. And let's say, for example, you have an expertise in saving relationships, and you love it. It's your passion. You get up, you go to bed thinking about how you can do it. You go. You went to every workshop on the planet. You work with these people. You You've saved countless marriages. You've studied. You've done the work. You know what doesn't work. You know what does work. And what happens is now all of a sudden when you're in your bliss, I believe it's a form of love because you're serving people and using your skill set to make the world a better place. And you're going to wake up after every month and look and go, I did that. That feels good. And what's great is when you focus on serving other people, you focus on liberating them out of their pain. What's going to happen is money will chase you. And that took me a long time to find out. But the, the pathway to your money is to stop selling and start serving people to their dream. And it is absolutely a form of love because if you don't believe in what you're selling, you have no business taking a dime from anyone. If you cannot thousand percent identify who your program is good for and who it's not, you have no business. And it's like, that's the sort of thing that we see this all the time. And, you know, when I used to sell timeshare, I knew who it was good for and who it wasn't for. And I remember this one guy, for a lot of people, it was wonderful. Where people had an issue with timeshare was not the timeshare, but how it had been lied to them and sold to them because that's how they were trained. And they did it to me too, by the way. And sure. I came at it, I came at it from a different approach where I said, hey, here's why I bought. Let's find out what you want, and see if it's a match. And in my first year, I became the top salesman out of anyone, even though there were people with 15 years experience. You know, I was the young kid and I enrolled by doing it completely different than everyone else in the room. And I got the most referrals and I had the lowest cancellations and on and on and on. But I remember this one guy. This one guy comes in with his wife, beautiful couple, older than me. And on the application, it looked like a, you know, barely qualified, said it did 50,000 a year, which was not a lot of income. But when I walked in, I did not show up to sell them. I showed up like I did everybody as I wanted to find out what would serve them. And as I'm going through, I'm asking about where you vacation. I'm asking about this. I'm asking about that. I'm doing my best, but I'm authentically is the key, authentically looking to serve them and we got done with the tour and we got back and i remember looking to him and i go you know mr stevens he goes i got to tell you 9 times out of 10 when i meet somebody this program is fantastic and it will make their world better and i say i hate to tell you but this isn't for you i said i don't want to take it away from you but i don't see how this is going to improve your life one iota now how did i arrive at that deal well i asked him and he only did make 50,000 a year that was true but what I learned because I genuinely cared and those walls of rapport started to come down and I built rapport, he started opening up, opening up, opening up. And then I learned he had sold a business for and made $250 million. So he just put down 50,000 because it was ever. The guy had just bought a paid cash. He had houses in like five different countries. And I, how do you improve on that? A timeshare? Really? And so when I'm going through and I got, why did you guys want to come? And he goes, well, my wife's best friend bought here and she was trying to decide. So I explored that, but I was like, he could even, he could come here every day of the year um, because of the rental program. Didn't make sense for him. He didn't didn't need the trips. He wasn't going to trade. He had a jet also, by the way, he had all this stuff. And when I got done and he said, he crossed his arms and he goes, I was not expecting that. He goes, you have no idea how many of these stupid things I've been to. And, and he goes, why? And I explained to him why I didn't believe it was a fit for him. And I said, I've enjoyed our time together. But he goes, that's really interesting. He goes, everybody always, you know, tries to shove it down my throat. And he goes, you're the first person that actually is really looking after me. And he goes, here's what I didn't tell you. He goes, I've got two girls graduating from college and I have been racking my brain because they're all waiting for me to die. He goes, they're just waiting for dad to die so they don't have to do anything. And he goes, I don't want that for my girls. I want my girls to understand that you can have the better things in life if you will stretch and you will work hard and you will make a difference. But if I give them everything, then they get lazy and they don't build anything. He goes, would this work for them? And we had a conversation. I said, where do they want to go? And we looked at it and I designed it and we looked at it. It would be perfect. He goes, okay, great. I'll take two of those, the most expensive ones you have. But he even said, he goes, does it make a difference between what I buy or does it matter? And I explained, yes, this will trade higher because they had the points and a few other things. He goes, let's do two of those. Paid cash, wrote a check on the spot. Wow. Yeah. And it was like everyone else would have just tried to slam him and they would not have gotten the sale. And that was an example of my intent was to serve him. Now, here's where it got real good. Normally, when the families that you sold would come to the timeshare, they'd come and use the day use. All the salespeople would run and try and avoid them because they were knew they were going to get a ration of shit. So when I was there, every time they would not only come up, they'd come up on the floor or they'd come find me and they'd bring their friends. And all of a sudden they'd have me sit down with them. They'd buy me stuff, you know, food and, hey, will you hang out with us? And it was like, because they knew I was their advocate and that's in timeshare. But that's the difference when you really love somebody. And if all you're doing is going to the golden rule of enrolling, which is really treat people how you want to be treated but I knew who it would work for. I knew who it wouldn't work for. I knew who it could improve. And when I did find somebody, I was their advocate. If I truly believed it would help them, I would show them and explain why. And it was still their decision. I could quote over a hundred different, different closes in, in order, but I wasn't there to close. I was there to enroll people that were committed that wanted a better life. And that's what I've done. And that's really a big part of what we teach. And that's why the process feels so good. The other aspect to it, Nikki, when you stop selling and start enrolling, what we've noticed is that it becomes fun. We have taken people that are massively introverted. I mean, they don't. I mean, they don't want to talk to their shadow. I'm being really joking here, but you know, these are massive introverts, and all of a sudden, when they stop trying to sell and they start trying to have an honest conversation and generally show up to love and serve and help people get to improve their life. Now, all of a sudden, they are out, quote unquote, closing the closers. And it's actually harder to get a closer and those people with the bad strategies to get that out of their head than it is to take somebody with no background if they truly care. So there's a huge wide open, wide open area of growth for people that want to make the world a better place.
1: Mark, that's absolutely spectacular. I love that. I love everything you've said. So, so Mark, you know, what's exciting is we're going to get to have you in Toronto in the new year, in, in 2020. Yep. So we're going to put all those dates and make those available to folks. If they want to get to meet you in person and see your magic, they're going to get to do that. But we'd like to end off each and every single one of these episodes by asking you to give us three expert action steps that you want people to take on right away to take their life and their business to the next level. What do you say?
0: Yeah. So let's break this down and keep it simple. Mastery is the pathway to simplicity, not the other way around. And one of the things that I've done is it's like you'll see these guys give you a 50-page, you know, report on how to do something. Mastery is actually a one-page report that's A, B, C, D, E. And that's one of the things I love about what you're doing, Nikki, is you simplify. So there are three things that it is going to take for somebody that wants to change their outcome, start getting rich, doing what they love. And here's what it is: it's very simple, but it works and it works every single time. Number one is you need a proven strategy. There are every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there now is an expert, but the reality is most of them aren't. Most of them, as we call them, Nikki charlatan marketers. Yep. Some mm-hmm. of the biggest marketing trainers in the world are telling people to just copy other people, hack their funnels, yep. just do whatever <laughs> they're doing. And so what that means is people with no experience, people who've never made money online, they go to someone who is a good coach, they copy their ad, they copy their landing page, they copy the webinar, they copy even the pictures. And then they throw that out and they present that from a place of of dishonesty. And the, the consumer is thinking, wow, well, this one looks good too. And this one's only five grand. Knowing they don't have a mindset coach, they don't have the expertise, they don't have the distinctions. And so to the consumer, All of a sudden, this is a huge money grab for the people that have no ethics. So a proven strategy means to know it needs to work and work now. The second section within the proven strategy is it also needs to be applicable for you. This is the key. For example, the number one trainer in real estate for years had a strategy. The problem is it did not work for 99% of the people in the room, but they didn't know that. The strategy was you need to door knock 10 to 12 hours a day. You either cold call or door knock. Now, if we know anything about sales and human behavior, 99% of the people will not do it. Not to mention the last thing I wanna do is a single mom walking out in an area in some of the bad neighborhoods at night alone. That is just a recipe for disaster. So that strategy will not work. There are other strategies that I saw. People that were spending 50,000 a month telling you they had a great strategy. Well, yeah, they do. If you can spend $50,000 a month on magazine ads and benches and all that stuff. And what they didn't tell you is, yes, they did $3 million that year. But what they didn't tell you was that they kept $200,000, $300,000. The rest was expenses. So that strategy sounds good, looks good on paper, but the strategy was only for a certain percentage and there's better ways. The third one that I've noticed is other strategies people are using is also based on an illusion. Here's what I mean. There's some very famous people who have between them about 12 New York Times bestsellers. They have celebrity status. They are the icons in their own industry. They have a email list of approximately 30 million people. They've had TV shows. They have podcasts that have millions and millions of downloads. And now they're going to teach you how to market. Huh, that's a good idea. Do you have $3 million to to invest in a book to get it to be a New York Times bestseller? Do you have the ability to spend $5 million to try and buy 50,000 qualified leads? And do you have a team in place that's pre-trained? My guess is no, no, and no. So that's what I mean. The strategy needs to be applicable. So as you guys are out there listening, you have to decide where am I on my journey right now? And that's one of the things that I love what you're doing Nikki is again you're you know an expert in guerrilla and in grit marketing low cost strategies or no cost that allow you to generate clients and clients now that's critical second thing expert mentorship and advice and this stacks on the I just talked about every Tom Dick and Harry is a self appointed sales guru or business guru even though they have no masters degree they have no MBA they've never built a business all they did was copy someone that was You have to be careful on who you listen to. Not only did they do it for themselves, but you got to check that out. Do they have the fruit on the tree? The answer usually is no. Secondly, do they have the distinctions to do it for other people? You know, when we think about this in terms of how good of a coach was Michael Jordan? He was a great player. You couldn't coach, coach
1: for for beans. You <laughs> couldn't right. coach for Same beans. thing
0: with Magic Johnson, one of the greatest point guards, arguably the greatest point guard of all time. How was he as a coach? Not very good. And so there's a difference between doing it for yourself, or you take a guy like Phil Jackson, Pat Riley, Larry Brown. They weren't great players. Actually, Pat was an All American until he blew his knee out. But they were excellent at coaching. They got the best out of other people. So that's something you want to look at. How many other people and other industries were they able to do it with? That's the second aspect. The third thing you want to look at is are these proven strategies or fly by night strategies? Meaning, what I mean by that is there are some people out there in the old days, they were MySpace experts. MySpace dropped out. Guess what? Next thing you know, they're Facebook ad experts. They've never done it before, but they just changed the wordage or they made their money in blogging. How good is that strategy today? It's not, not great. It's not. And so what happens is they were making their money 10 years ago on a strategy, but they never upgraded their strategy to something that works today. The third piece under mentorship and having advice and expertise is you need to have expert coaching. To my point of Pat Riley, Larry Brown, Phil Jackson, some of the better coaches, it's different. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry that's not a business expert usually is a coach. Most of them don't have any training. Most of them have an opinion. Most of them are strategists where they say, hey, just do it. Well, you don't need to pay someone 20 grand to go ahead and get really solid advice like just do it. There's a lot more on getting people past their fear, getting them past the mindset blocks that are stopping them and ripping out the mind trash that was installed when they were kids and is still running the show today. So that requires an expert coaching. So I would always, oh, I always tell people to check on that. Are these world-class that billionaires and politicians or movie stars or Olympic athletes listening to? Or are these people that can't even coach themselves? An opinion is not a coach. That's critical that you guys get that. And so coaching is something that everybody, it's like I see these people, no offense to some of them, but they're like 22 years old and they're trying to coach on marriage advice.
1: That's nuts. I remember that's nuts. a buddy of
0: mine, I love him to death. They're great people. And they got married and within two weeks, they had a marriage counseling program. And it's like anyone that's been married for 20 years, then get back to me. Two weeks, everyone in the first two years, you know, the person farts and barps and burps and you think it's cute and funny. <laughs> yeah. And when those hormones drop off after about two years, which is a scientific fact, now you're going to find out. And if you don't have strategies after that initial, you know, a dr- you know rush, that's when you're going to find out. I see another person, she goes to one seminar, one seminar, and she was in the lobby most of the time talking about how much she knew. She had been divorced six times, six times. And she was, guess what she was going to be?
1: A marriage Marriage, coach?
0: Marriage expert, yep. How to have a, a passionate, successful marriage. And that's what I'm talking about. And on the outside, guys, that is not a coach. When I used to run the largest coaching company in the world with the top coaches on the planet, I used to talk about I would only want to hire coaches that suck the juice out of life, that when someone looks at your life from the outside, they would be so inspired to improve their own. Teresa, one of your coaches, is an example. She set three world records on a treadmill for the sole purpose to prove what's possible. That's somebody that I tracked down, if you remember. So that's the kind of stuff too. So that's the second piece is expert mentorship and advice. The third one is also critical and that's you have to select a peer group. It needs to have ongoing support. It needs to have high standards so that you don't revert back to the weak conditioning that you probably experienced and hold you accountable. So that's the kind of thing for ongoing support, high standards and an accountability because when we see that environment, It helps get the best out of everyone. Navy SEALs do it. It rises everybody's standard when you're around that environment. You notice the NBA champions rise to a new standard. People that sucked on another team get picked up by winners, and now the team wins, and they elevate their game. Look at the New England Patriots. They take other teams' castaways who sucked, and now they weren't good. They put them on the New England Patriots with better coaching, expert advice, and a better peer group, and now they're dominating with entirely new team. So we do the same thing with business. That's why it's so critically important. Those three things, guys, you focus on that, the rest of the stuff will take care. So that would be the three steps that I would recommend that can take anyone from where you are. And in the next year, make your first million, your second million, if you have the right team uh, helping you.
1: God bless your heart, Mark. Those are three fantastic expert action steps. So listener, you can, you can tell Mark is the real deal and he's going to be in Toronto at our event at the end of January. We're going to get you all those dates uh, and put them in the show notes. If you want to meet Mark, if you want to meet the man that mentors me, the man that I listen to and I rely on, then this is your opportunity to do that. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, how do I find out about your event? How do I, how do I get on it? How do, how do I figure out if this is for me? Very simple. Go to ecircleacademy.com. There's going to be a button on that website where you can watch a webinar. And this is one of the things Mark and his great friend, Russ Trofino, coached me to do, which is we created a webinar that explains how we help people, how we can help you get unstuck, get your heart unchained, and get the results that you want to go. And then there's another button on that website that says jump on a success call. And the success call is where you and I get to have an honest conversation about your heart, what you want to do, what's been getting in your way, and whether or not you're ready to go to the next level. And if you are, we'll show you a path on how to get there. The cost for these is absolutely free. Make sure you take advantage of that. Mark Brother, thank you so much for being on the show. It's an honor to have you on, my friend.
0: Yeah, it's, thank you for having me, Nikki. It's an honor. And to everybody out there listening, guys, jump on the phone, You know, have a conversation. It's like, guys, the only thing you're missing is your freedom. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you can have the call, uh, you'll get some clarity, you're going to know what your next steps are. If it's a fit, they'll tell you. If it's not, they'll steer you to whatever's right for you. Um, But look at the fruit on the tree. If you're not making, you know, your dream number, and if if everything's good, you're good. But if you're not making, you know, a hundred thousand a month, fifty thousand a month, whatever your goal is, then something needs to change because until it changes, nothing will change. And at the end of the day, guys, business to me is simply a form of service. If you do it the right way, it's, it helps people out of pain. So the real question is, how much money do you want to make, which translates to how many people or will you help get out of pain? And that's why we're so passionate. That's why Nikki's passionate. That's why I'm passionate, because we know we're creating an army. And that's what I'm talking about at the beginning, about helping liberate 10,000 people per year who want to dominate the business landscape from a place of authenticity, caring, and love. And that's what we're doing. And this is not some kind of hardcore money grab where it's like, hey, you get yours and now everyone else. This is about making the world a better place. And when we find the right people, we, we will support you and help you along the way. And that's what I do every single day. And it's an honor. So, Nikki, thank you for having me. Uh, love your tribe. And again, I can't wait to talk to the people that, that want some help.
1: Thank you again, Mark. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Mark Von User, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. And to watch our webinar and jump on a call with me, go to ecircleacademy.com. Until next time, goodbye.